Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. There is a judgment greater than anything you've ever known. It won't be long Your life will pass by as a vapor And you will stand before the judgment seat of God And every secret deed and thought Every wrinkle, every spot will be in view Before the one who knows all things The Lord of Lord and King of Kings You know the one you never knew While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is the shelter from the coming storm All creation shakes at the mention of his name He has power over life and death Every knee will bow and tongue confess Heaven and earth will proclaim That Jesus Christ is Lord To the glory of the Father Will you bow, will you surrender To His majesty He can save you from the might Of all your sin the fight in which he stands in perfect victory while you have breath you have a choice to make in life turn away from your sin and believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter from the coming storm While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from all your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter From the coming storm He's the only shelter From the coming storm
It was midsummer, 1830. Charles Finney was ministering in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, when he received an invitation to travel to Columbia, where there was a large German church. The membership of which had been received according to their customs upon the examination of their doctrinal knowledge, with no mention of their Christian experience. Consequently, the congregation had been composed mostly of unconverted people. Both the church and the congregation were large. Their pastor was a young man. He was a German from Pennsylvania. He gave me the following account of himself and of the state of things in Columbia. He said he had studied theology with the German doctor of divinity who did not encourage experiential religion at all. One of his fellow students was religiously inclined and used to pray privately. Their teacher suspected this and in some way came to a knowledge of the fact. He warned the young man against it as a very dangerous practice said he would become insane if he persisted in it, and said that as his teacher he could not blame himself for allowing a student to take such a course of action. This doctor of divinity, this theological trainer, said he himself had no religion. He had joined the church in the common way and had not thought that anything else was required. Now, what I'm sharing with you is an example. Jonathan Edwards preached the powerful sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. But he also believed according to his writings, experiencing religion, that one could not read the scriptures, and if a verse began to shine forth, it was not the Holy Spirit. He said it was your own emotions. And so he was very much, Jonathan Edwards was very much against experiential religion. And yet God transformed this man and brought him into the first great awakening for America. Now this young pastor had no convictions about Jesus Christ. He had simply joined the church because his mother was a very pious woman. And he was inclined to become a minister because it was socially acceptable. But his mother knew better and was greatly distressed that a son of hers, who had never been converted, had entered the sacred ministry. When he had received a call to the church in Columbia and was about to leave home, his mother had a very serious talk with him, impressed upon him the fact of his responsibility, and said things that powerfully affected his conscience. He said that he could not get this conversation with his mother out of his thoughts, and his conversation and his convictions of sin began to deepen until he found himself in despair. This continued for many months. He had no one he could consult with. He could not open his mind to anybody. But after a very severe and extended struggle, he was converted and came into the light and saw where he was and where he had been and he saw the condition of his church and all churches that admitted members in a similar manner. His wife was also unconverted. 
he immediately gave himself to labor for her conversion, and, under God, he soon secured it. His soul was full of the subject. He read his Bible, he prayed, he preached with all of his might, but he was a young convert and did not have the kind of instruction he needed, and he felt at loss as to what he should do. He went around the town and found that only one or two of his leading elders, as well as several of his of his women members, knew that knew that they were converted. After much prayer and consideration, he made up his mind what to do. On Sunday, he announced that there would be a meeting of the church on a certain day during that week, and that he wished all the members to be present. His own conversion, preaching, visiting, and conversing around the town had already created a good deal of excitement so that religion came to be the common topic of conversation. On the day appointed, nearly all the members were present. He then addressed them in regard to the real state of the church and the air they had fallen into in regard to the conditions on which members had been received. He made a speech to them partly in German, partly in English, so that anyone there could easily understand him. After talking until there was a a great move in their hearts, he proposed to disband the church and form a new one, insisting that this was essential to the prosperity of the gospel. He had already come to an understanding with those whom he knew to be truly converted that they would lead in voting for the disbanding of the church. The motion was put forth. The converted members arose as requested. They were very influential members, and the people finally kept rising until the vote was nearly unanimous. The pastor then said, There is now no church in Colombia, and we propose to form one of Christians, of people who have been converted. He then related his own experience before the congregation, and he called on his wife, who did the same. Then the converted elders and members followed, one after another, as long as any could come forward and relate a Christian experience. In this way, they proceeded to form a church. He then said to the others, Your church relations are dissolved. You are out in the world, and until you are converted and in the church, you cannot have your children baptized. You cannot partake in the ordinance of the Lord's Supper. And this created a panic, for to them it was an awful thing not to partake of the sacrament and not to have their children baptized, for this was the way in which they themselves had been made Christians. This pastor labored among them with all of his might. He visited, he preached, he prayed, he held meetings, and the interest began to grow. This work had been going on for some time when he heard that I was available and he sent a messenger for me. I found him a warm-hearted young convert. He listened to my preaching with almost irrepressible joy. I found the congregation large and interested and the work was very prosperous. Heartfelt. The revival continued to spread until it reached and converted nearly all the inhabitants of that town. Well, I'm sharing this from Holy Spirit Revivals by Charles Finney. Most have gone the other way today. My father used to say to me, Raymond, there's a ditch on both sides of the road, and either side you fall in the mud. Well, the church today has fallen in the mud. We're either way over on the side of ritual and confessions, or we're over on the other side, we only have experience, emotionalism, but on neither side is there much of any holiness. On neither side is there much 
concern about being in union with Jesus. What I'm coming and pleading for in this broadcast is not anti-intellectualism or anti-relationship experience, emotion. What I'm beseeching you for is a middle road that many of you don't even know exists. And that middle road is where you have utterly disowned yourself. You have taken up your cross and you have become a Christian because you are in union with Jesus Christ in reality. You no longer lie to him. You speak the truth and you are eager to walk in accord with him. And you no longer have the world as your fellowship. And you no longer have your intellectualism as your hiding place. But rather you walk in the power of the Holy Spirit with all of the gifts of the Spirit. And your life is reflective of holiness. For without holiness no man will see the Lord. And so I am eager for you to be in fellowship with Jesus Christ in such a manner that you're not in either ditch. Now, Fridays is a day of prayer. I find most people are not willing to pray. On the air. I'm very concerned about that because it says that you have not grown sufficiently in your confidence in Jesus that you are willing to bear your heart before others regarding your love for Jesus, your faithfulness to Jesus, and your walk in union with Jesus. You are much too concerned about yourself. And so I am, at this point, seriously praying about whether I end the prayer time on Friday and simply bring another message on Friday. I'm not willing to sit here and beg you to come and pray. If you do not want to pray, then I need to simply preach the word to you and you need to hear again what your true spiritual condition is until you have been sufficiently awakened by the Holy Spirit that you are willing to cry out to God concerning your own life, the life of your family, and especially the life of your church and of your community. So yet today, I will open the prayer line. But I am now seriously considering discontinuing Friday prayer. I don't want it to simply be a ritual where two or three of the same people call and others do not enter in. Now, a Two weeks ago today, there was very sincere prayer, and I rejoiced in that. But last week, it was empty. So, I'm going to open the lines now. If you'd like to call and you'd like to pray and open your heart to Jesus, and be honest Call 877-534-0780. I'll give you that number again. 877-534-0780. And you need to call now if you'd like to pray. Lord Jesus, I come knowing 
that our condition before you is not adequate. We are still far from the people you have desired us to begin to be as we walk boldly by the light of the gospel. We don't have the experience. It is, for the most part, just empty sentimentality with the foolish ditties of Christian songs today. Or it is just intellectualism and going through the rituals. Lord, I come today pleading for a breakout of your Holy Spirit to teach us how to pray. To teach us how to walk humbly before you in the fullness of the gospel. I come asking that you would teach us how to be in union with you, Jesus. Lord, I know you don't want dry intellectualism, and neither do you want just sentimental experience without any holiness. As one person said to me this morning, I'm so, so tired of my husband's words, of his apologies. But he continues to do the same thing and there's never any change. Lord, that must be also the cry of your heart. We come and say, forgive me, and then go do it again. There's no integrity in our hearts in the way we deal with you, Jesus. So I come today pleading that you release us from this deadness, that you release your church. And Lord, I recognize that there are many churches in America that simply need to close their doors and disband their fellowship because they are an unholy fellowship before you. They're not in union with you. You have removed the lampstand of your Holy Spirit and they're happy and content in that wickedness. Lord, I ask that you would close the churches that need to close, that you would bring conversion to those who are open to it, that you would begin a new work of revival in America, of of godliness, a new work of righteousness, a new work of being in union with you and being directed by you, being filled by you, Jesus. Lord, please, please come. We will perish without you, Jesus. We have, we have no possibility without you, Jesus. For such trouble is coming upon the world. Such wickedness is coming upon this earth. Yea, is already here vile vomit coming up. Taking the lives of our children. Taking our lives. Lord, never could I have imagined the desperate condition that I see today in your church. Lord, I know the church is the apple of your eye. I know it is the very heart cry. Lord, please come and do your work in your church. Save us from dry intellectualism on one side and save us from just raw experiential sentimentality on the other. But give us integrity in the inner places where we repent and we come into union with you and we grow up in you, we mature in you, and we learn how to pray and how to cry out to you, Jesus. Please come, Lord. Deal with our hurting hearts. 
We've been deceived by the smorgasbord of the enemy as he has laid out for us every wicked entertainment and every even good thing from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that captures our time and our attention and our money. As one man said to me this week, I've had no time to read the scriptures this week. Lord, he doesn't understand. He's going to die if he doesn't read the word. He won't have the strength to withstand the devil's attacks that are on the way. Lord, I plead with you your mercy today. Look with, look with kindness upon us, O oh Jesus. Come quickly and rescue your people. Lord, come. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Well, the phone number, if you'd like to call and pray, is 877-534-0780. Depending on your response today, we may cancel this Friday prayer time. I only want to do this if you're willing to step in and use this time for the work of the gospel, for the opening of your own heart to Jesus. So it's up to you. I don't want to waste time and money on something that you find not worthwhile. So, Mr. Producer, do we have any calls coming in? Okay, no calls coming. I'm going to read for you a scripture. John 15, I'll begin in verse 4. You must remain in union with me and I with you. Just as a branch is not able to bear fruit from itself, if it may not remain in the vine, so neither can you if you may not remain in union with me. So you know what we do in the church today instead of remaining in union with Jesus? We have our rituals of worship. We have our Eucharist. We have our, our songs. We have our sermon. The same old, same old. No excitement. No power. A little entertainment, some social gathering, getting together for lunch, but not in union with Jesus. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. The one remaining in union with me and I with him, this one bears much fruit. Because apart from me, you are not able to do anything. Are you bearing much fruit? If anyone may not remain in union with me, he was thrown out as the branch and was dried up. I want you to hear that. It is very easy for you to make a decision to not remain in union with Jesus. You can separate from him. You can get some distance from him. You can practice religion and not be a Christian. The word Christian means Christ follower. It doesn't mean Baptist follower. It doesn't mean Assemblies of God follower. It doesn't mean Presbyterian follower. It means Christ follower. It says, The one who did not remain was thrown out as the branch and was dried up, and they gathered them and threw them into the fire, and they are burned. He's talking about people here. 
He's talking about precious men and women, boys and girls, who are dried up, who are not in union with Jesus. All right, we have a call. Let's take that call now. Again, the phone number, 877-534-0780. Welcome. Please pray. Lord, please take control in our nation, especially in our churches. Please move in us and bring real conviction of sin, that there would be real repentance, that many people would come to you for salvation. Uh, I pray that people would see their condition before you, that they are lost. Uh, Many people are caught in rituals. They think that because they were born into um, a certain type of church, that's what saves them or... um, or whatever else that they've been trying to um, improve in themselves apart from you, I pray that you would show them that that does not work. That's not what you are looking for. You want total uh, submission to you. You want want people to come to the point that they um, seek a real relationship with you and that they they trust and, and submit to you. Yes. To be in control of their lives, and so I pray that that would um, be revealed to many people, and and also for the many that are uh, caught in the ways of um, <clears throat> the, um, the the misinterpretation of, of grace, as far as thinking that you overlook sin, and um, and, and just um, that. That blindness is there as, as far as um, living, living in rebellion against you. I pray that um, that you would also bring conviction of that. Please um, bring your gospel in purity. I pray that um, churches would be awakened to the truth of your word. Yes. Please. Um, Please move by your spirit and bring truth, just like you said in John 16, that your spirit does work in the world. I pray that it would increase. I pray that the conviction would increase, that the understanding of, um, of who you are would increase, and, and that we in our churches would seek you wholeheartedly, that you would be glorified. And, and of course, I, I pray that there would be real edifying, that it would not be superficial, not shallow, but that as churches, we would be what you called us to be, to, um, to truly edify each other and to worship you in spirit and in truth. Yes. And to be a light to the lost. And, and so I pray for these things, that you would be glorified in our nation. Of course, I, I pray that um, this would be true of my own life personally, that there would not be any hindrances that there would be nothing uh, keeping keeping me from you at all. I pray that you would get anything out of the way that, that needs to be removed. Pray this in, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, dear sister. God bless you today. Thank you. God bless. Okay, our phone number is 877-534-0780. Would you like to pray? Would you be bold enough to open your heart to God as to a friend? In John, the 15th chapter, in verse 7, If you may remain in union with me. Jesus keeps talking about being in union with him. You know what that means? That we have disowned ourselves. That we have taken up the cross. We have died to self. And we now are walking in union with Jesus Christ. There is no union with Jesus based on some intellectual understanding or on some emotional understanding. To walk with Jesus in union with him is to have 
disowned ourselves and been crucified with Christ. Romans the sixth chapter. We have a caller. Let's take that call. Welcome. Please pray. Dearly Father, I thank you for this day. You're awesome. You are working, always working, to save the lost. Yes. Lord, help us to understand. Help us, Lord, to join you in your work. You said that this is the work that the Father requires, that we believe on him whom the Father sent. Lord, we strive and try to do things by our own understanding, but your word tells us not to do that. To trust you with all of our heart, to not lean on our own understanding, but to acknowledge you, and you will lead and direct our path. So, Lord, we pause today to acknowledge you, that you are Lord God Almighty, and that you are our Savior. And that you are the savior of the entire world. Yes. Lord, I am in pursuit of authentic Christianity. Yes. Not what what my parents taught me or my church teaches me or seminaries teach me, but what the Bible teaches me. Yes. What your Holy Spirit teaches me. I thank you for the Holy Spirit. And I thank you for your bloodshed that forgave us of our sins that enables the Holy Spirit to live within those who confess Jesus Christ as Lord. Yes. I thank you for leading us in all truth. I thank you for the Holy Spirit to teach us everything that you taught the disciples. Mm-hmm. Jesus, you said in the book of John over 33 times that the Father sent you. When you were resurrected, you said, in the same way that the Father has sent me, so now I send you receive the Holy Spirit, and you breathe on them. Well, Father, Jesus, how will I know how I'm being sent if I don't understand how you were sent by the Father? I thank you, Lord, that your word says that whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And so the Father sent you to live a righteous life, to live a life that pleases the Father. And we know that the word of God says, and without faith it is impossible to please you. God, I pray for awakening in America and in this world. Yes. That Christians everywhere would yield their heart to you by faith for your spirit that lives within us. It's the very person of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit that live in us. To live by faith so that you, Lord, would have a body again. To live in and on the earth. To manifest your glory. To manifest your will. To manifest your love. Yes. Lord, we praise you. We praise you for this rich inheritance and blessing that you've bestowed on us, that you have given us your very life. God, I thank you. I thank you for loving me. I thank you for loving your bride, the church. And I thank you for revealing your glory in the world today. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you, brother. Thank you so much. God bless you. Okay, our phone number is 877-534-0780. Are you bold? Are you ready to pray? Does your heart cry for Jesus and his righteousness and the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit? Call now. John 15, verse 7. If you may remain in union with me, There it is again, over and over in John 15. It's stay in union with me. If it's 
telling us to stay in union, then it's possible for us to leave the union and still call ourselves Christians. If you may remain in union with me and my word may remain in you, you will ask whatever you may desire and it will happen for you. By this my Father was glorified, that you may bear much fruit, and you will prove to be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also loved you. I want you to see there is a very strong emotional relationship with Jesus. There is also a very strong understanding of the gospel. But above all of that, there is a total heart giving over to Jesus, being crucified with him, walking with him, remaining with him, not going into the world, not walking with the world, but walking with Jesus. If you may keep my commandments, you will remain in my love. So this love for Jesus is not just sentimentality. It's actual walking out. It's actually saying no to the world, the flesh, and the devil. It's saying no, and it's waiting on Jesus. It's praying. It's crying aloud. It's asking Jesus to come and do this work for us. We can't do it. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I've kept the commandments of my Father and remain in his love. I've told you these things so that my joy may remain in you and your joy might be made full. My commandment is this, that you must love one another as I have loved you, No one has greater love than this, that someone may lay his life in behalf, lay down his life in behalf of his friends. You are my friends if you may do whatever I command you. I'm no longer calling you servants, because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends, for all these things that I've heard from my father I made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you may go out and bear fruit and your fruit may remain, that whatever you may ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. All right, we have another caller. Let's take that caller now. Welcome. Please pray. Father, we come before you humbly yet boldly today because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ that made a way for us, Lord, to enter into your presence, Lord, and to offer up thanksgiving, praises, petitions, supplications, dear God. And, Lord, you said, first of all, intercessions and prayers and uh, cries be made for those in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life today, God. And, Lord, today we lift up all the leaders of our nation, Lord, the president, the vice president, the cabinet, Lord, the Congress, the governors, the mayors, the council members, uh, the town council members that sit in seats of authority, the Supreme Court justices, God, the federal district court justices, all the judges that sit in authority across this nation. And, dear God, we ask that you begin to pour out your spirit, even as our sister Uh, mentioned earlier, God, that spirit of conviction, dear God, upon their hearts and souls and minds, causing them to realize that, God, they're not just playing a political game, but someday they will stand before you for the decisions that they've made in office, dear God. And, Lord, today uh, we see the incompetence. We see the uh, lack of uh, response, the insensitivity, Lord, to those suffering. Uh, and our government stands still. And, Father, I just ask you, Lord, to cause that conviction, to cause them to lose sleep, Lord, if if, if they must, to, to go through uh, 
Lord, even uh, uh, in consternation, uh, disconsternation because uh, things aren't being done, Lord, and cause them to put their hand to the plow, Lord, and do what they've been elected to do, Lord. Oh, dear God, and Father, we lift up uh, the nation of Israel to you now, Lord. We just ask you, Father, God, that uh, your protecting hand would be upon them. You said, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. And, Lord, we pray for the shalom, the shalom, the shalom of God over Jerusalem, Lord, and your protecting hand for your chosen natural seed, your Jewish people in Israel and all around the world. God, I ask that you download supernatural divine guidance for the prime minister, Lord, and the Knesset and uh, the members of his cabinet and the coalition government, Lord, that's been formed. Uh, God, I just ask that you direct them supernaturally with your hand, Lord, uh, that uh, uh, their enemies, God, would be put to confusion. Their enemies, God, would uh, come in one way and have to flee seven, that the terrorists, God, that are bent uh, on destroying the Jewish people, God, would end up uh, destroying themselves because, Lord, even as in the days of Gideon, the Midianites turned upon one another because confusion came in the camp. I, I pray, God, that you arise and let all your enemies be scattered and put to confusion and that uh, the blessing of the Jewish people, uh, of, of your blessing, of your hand upon them would be seen around the world, Lord. And, God, that you would call the, uh, cause the scales to fall from their eyes, that uh, they would receive Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, as their Messiah, even as the Apostle Paul Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the dunamis, miraculous working power of Almighty God unto salvation to the Jew first and then to the Greek. Glory be to God forevermore. The devil is a liar. I know that's right. And, Father, we ask you, Lord, today to come in and take over in the church in America, Lord. Uh, Father God, it's a, it's a mess uh, uh, as best we can tell. But, Lord, we know you're pouring out your spirit in certain places. We hear revival here and revival there. And, God, we just ask that revival fire burn once again, that your fire burns in your church, Lord, that we would uh, begin to have a revival in our own lives, a revival of your word, a revival of your spirit, a revival of truth, Lord, a revival of your fire. God, may you fan the flame. May you cause a little flame to come up here and come up there. May you fan the flame and cause it to burn brightly, Lord. Cause it to burn uh, effectually that we would begin to uh, operate in the fire of the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost and fire, and it's keeping us alive. It's the Holy Ghost and fire, and it makes me want to cry. It's the Holy Ghost and fire, and it makes uh, things... Uh, God, to come together in, in unison uh, according to your word and according to the spiritual operation, Lord, yes. that you have foreordained for your church, Lord. And God, we just give you praise and thanks today. We ask you to touch all those suffering today, Lord, because of uh, health conditions and uh, medical maladies and whatever the case and, and mental illness, Lord. We ask for your supernatural touch upon everyone that needs uh, healing touch today, God, in, and with our family members, Lord. But most of all, bring them down afresh uh, by your divine power and divine persuasion. Put a hook in their jaw and bring them down to the bleeding side of Calvary. And, Lord, bring your church afresh down to the bleeding side of Calvary that we can come to a deeper understanding of what you've really done for us, Lord, and the victory that you obtained for us, and let us begin to walk in that victory, and we give you praise and thanks for it, God, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless Glory you, brother. God. Thank you. God bless you, Pastor. Lord, I have to raise in these last moments of airtime this tragedy that's taking place in Ohio. Lord, I love Ohio, and I love the farmers of Ohio. And I pray, O oh Lord, that this town that is so stricken, that you would rescue, that you would help the people of that town to know where to go and what to do. Some have no provision. Lord, would you dramatically rescue the people of this town and turn aside 
this attack, this toxic release. Lord, I know many will die, but I pray that in all of this, somehow, your name will be lifted up and the wicked will be dealt with. Lord, I don't know how to even pray about it except to ask in your great mercy that you look upon this sad situation and bring redemption through it and out of it. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Well, we're almost out of time today. I thank each one of you who's been contributing. I really... I treasure your giving for the sake of the gospel. You can go to our... our... uh, webpage nationalprayerchapel.com and you will find there many videos and other things that will be helpful information that will be helpful in your Christian walk please be praying for me for this broadcast for the National Prayer Chapel we are going to continue to lift up the name of Jesus We're going to serve him with all of our hearts. You're welcome to come. It's not a drop-in place. Come as you're serious about Jesus and about his people. You're welcome to come. The directions you'll find, time of service, you'll find all of that information on our webpage nationalprayerchapel.com You can also write to me Post Office Box 2346 That's Post Office Box 2346 Woodbridge, Virginia 22195 Oh Lord, as we close this broadcast today I just want to lift up your name and rejoice in your love and your mercy, your kindness. I rejoice in what you're about to do in this land. That you are going to begin to pour out your spirit in ways that will turn the hearts of many back to yourself. I ask, Lord, that you would come quickly and rescue your people. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. God bless you. I look forward to hearing from you or seeing you soon. I'll talk to you very soon. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to Present you blameless before the presence of his glory.